It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire back with you guys. It is another disappointing Monday edition of Locked On Panthers. Getting a little tired, actually, of these uh Disappointing losses, as it were. This is now three week, three straight losses for the Carolina Panthers as they fall on a last-minute field goal by the old Wiley vet himself, Sebastian Janikowski, as the Seahawks win it 30-27. to Seahawks now move to 6-5. and five. Panthers fall to six and five and like we discussed on friday we talked about the playoff scenarios where the panthers won or lost now they're in a little bit of trouble they're, they're obviously not completely out of it but now they're behind the eight ball a little bit because now they find themselves in a three-way tie for the final playoff spot in the nfc uh, wildcard picture as now the seahawks the Redskins and the Panthers are all at six and five. And of course, first tiebreaker in the three-way tie would be head-to-head sweep if applicable. And of course, the Panthers lost to both the Redskins and the Seahawks now, so they are essentially third in the pecking order. And then Washington right now beats Seattle on conference record. And of course, the top wild card right now is the Vikings at 6-4-1. So for the moment, the Panthers are on the outside looking in. So a little bit of uh, concern, I guess, especially this being the first home loss of the season after they had started 5-0. and And now it feels like if the Panthers want to make the playoffs, they've got to turn those road woes around really quickly because – Remember, this team is only 1-4 right now on the road, and three of their final five are on the road, including the next two weeks against Tampa Bay and Cleveland. So, and, I mean, these road games, and by the way, of course, don't forget that third that third road game is at New Orleans. And that comes on the final week of the regular season. So, the playoffs are no longer a gimme. It's it's amazing that you know this was, and obviously we'll, we'll talk about the game in a little bit. But I'll I'll just get this out of the way. We talked even last week how after just after the two straight losses, that this team went from a surefire playoff team to a bubble team, and now you're not even in the playoff picture. I mean, th- th- this team is reeling. Let, let's. There's no two ways about it. This team is reeling to go from six and two now to six and five. Remember when when they were six and two, they were only a game out of the playoffs, or I'm, I'm sorry, a game out of the division. Because at the time the Saints were seven and one, so they were only one game back of the Saints 
knowing that they had those two games in the final three weeks to basically make a move in the division. Now the division's all but lost because the Saints just keep on rolling. They're now at 10-1. and one. In fact, if the Saints beat the Cowboys on Thursday and the Panthers lose to the Buccaneers on Sunday, the Saints will lock up the NFC South division title. But, I mean, let, let's, let's be honest. At this point, with the way these teams are playing, the Saints basically have the division on lock. Whether they clinch it next week, next week or the week after, whatever, they're, they're going to win the division. The Panthers, if they're going to get back to the playoffs, it's going to be as a wild card. But again, even that now is no longer a guarantee. Now, Washington, they look like they're going to stumble. They, they made a bit of a game uh, against Dallas on Thanksgiving, but I, it, it's hard for me to see them staying afloat. Uh, they've got two games left against the Redskins. They've got to go to Tennessee, which is, which won't be easy. Uh, so it's, it's hard for me to see Washington kind of staying alive in the playoff hunt. But Seattle's looking good. Seattle has really kind of turned the corner. And their schedule is pretty favorable, actually, down the stretch. They still have both games against the 49ers. That's two of the next three weeks. They play the 49ers. They are home against the Vikings, but the Vikings, this will be after they do a lot of traveling. Next week, they're at New England, and then they go to Seattle on a Monday night, and we know how Seattle fans can get in primetime games, uh, especially at home. So the two, so that home game, Monday night against the Vikings, sandwich the two Seattle games, and then they wrap up the regular season home against Arizona. So it's not out of the question that Seattle can get to nine, maybe ten wins if they can steal that Minnesota game. Because uh, they also have the Chiefs week 16, which won't be easy. But it's not out of the question to see Seattle get to nine or ten wins. So that means it becomes very imperative that this Panthers team really starts reeling off some wins if they are going to make the playoffs. And if you talked to me a couple weeks ago, I would have said these two road games are very winnable against Tampa Bay and Cleveland. Not so much anymore. Um, you know, maybe Tampa, but uh, we saw the offense look pretty decent yesterday, albeit it was against the 49ers, but still, you know, maybe the Buccaneers are getting a little bit of swagger left. And then Cleveland has just been playing very well the last couple of weeks. So uh, it is no longer a gimme that Carolina will go into Cleveland in week 14 and beat the Pan or and beat the Browns. And then right now it's hard for me to see them winning either game against the Saints, let alone uh, at home against the Saints. And then the Fal Falcons are always a toss-up. So there is now officially a cause for concern if – you are the Carolina Panthers. There wasn't much. I, I said there wasn't much so when they were six and four, but now that they've dropped this one at home to Seattle, and you see the way Seattle's playing, even Philadelphia is in the playoff mix now. Granted, Carolina right now has the edge on the Eagles, uh, and Philadelphia is a, a kind of tough team to figure out. But there, there is legit cause for concern in terms of this Carolina Panthers team making the playoffs. Unless, like I said, they start really reeling off some wins over the next couple of weeks. So 
it, it makes this Sunday's game against Tampa Bay absolutely important. They, they there's no two ways about it. They they have to win this game. They cannot come out of this game six and six because then you're in real trouble. Because then, even if we look at Minnesota's schedule, remaining schedule. Uh, next two weeks, like like we said, two tough road trips at New England, at Seattle. But then they're home against Miami and home or on the road against Detroit. Definitely two winnable games there. So that would get them to eight wins. Let's so that should get them at least to eight wins. And then home against Chicago, but Chicago may very well have the number three seed locked up by the time week seventeen rolls around. So um you have to think probably at least nine, six, and one, because I, I could see the Bears resting their starters in that one. Uh, so possibly at least nine, six, and one, maybe ten, five, and one if they steal one of New England or Seattle. But even nine, six, and one means Carolina has to get to ten wins to beat to beat Minnesota and. Like I said, you look at their remaining schedule. Do you see four wins of the final five? Four wins means they have to beat New Orleans at least once. And that is going to be very tough to do. So I'm concerned now as far as the Panthers' odds of making the playoffs. Unless Washington and Seattle both stumble down the stretch. And again, with Seattle's schedule, I, th I think you have to now consider them the favorites to get that final playoff spot in the NFC. So just a, a, an unfortunate turn of events for the Panthers as far as the playoffs go. And um, we haven't even touched on the game. We'll do that after this quick break. But before we get into that, of course, we want to thank one of our great sponsors, as always, here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That is our buddies over at my bookie you know of course our old friends over at my bookie the great sports book website there that's been with us for many 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 weeks and they've been showing us great support and we've been showing great support to them uh if you listen to some of my picks on friday you know obviously some of them didn't pan out but some i felt pretty good about or looking back i felt pretty good uh for one uh the eagles game I said it would be a lot closer than people think, and turned out the Eagles had to erase a 16-point deficit to win the game. But uh, uh, in any event, uh, you know, if you guys feel like you can make the picks, if you guys know who you're going to bet on, you got to go to my bookie. Because remember, who you bet with is just as, or who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with, and that's why we always urge you to go to my bookie because they have the best player perks in the business. They have the live in-game scoring. Uh, over-unders on fantasy points, all kinds of good stuff. So just go check them out. And remember, all you have to do is create your account and use the promo code Locked On to get your initial deposit matched dollar for dollar by MyBookie. And remember, if you want to wait until after 7 p.m. so that MyBookie can give you the best service possible, they'll give you an additional $25 in free play on deposits of at least $100. So... Again, that's with the promo code locked on twenty five on deposits of over hundred at least a hundred dollars. That's after seven PM Eastern time. So go check out my bookie because you play, you win, you get paid. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now let's actually talk about the game that put the Panthers in the position that they are in. 30-27, to they lose to the Seattle Seahawks. Again, on a last-minute field goal by Sebastian Janikowski. But it really wasn't... Overall, it wasn't a terrible game, but there was obviously a lot of miscues and missed opportunities that are going to haunt the Panthers. Uh, It started well, though. Remember, you start way back in the first drive of the game. Seahawks got the ball to start, and... Went absolutely nowhere. Actually lost seven yards. The Panthers just swarmed them immediately, forcing a three and out. And then even on the second drive, uh, the the Seahawks got a first down on the first play, but then essentially a three and out after that. It was only a four-play drive. So it started with two punts. But the early going on offense doomed the Panthers a little bit. In fact, both, uh, both trips... Both of their first drives actually resulted in getting into the red zone. In fact, the first drive took them all the way inside the five. They went for it on fourth down. You know, you, you could argue the spot on fourth down, whether he made the first down. But as it turned out, Cam Newton tried to keep it, went for the first down, and did not get there. So first drive ended in a turnover on downs. Uh, second drive, they get back into the red zone, had to settle for a field goal, and that really was one of the that that was really one of the big takeaways, and you know the missed opportunities coming out of this game was the fact that the Panthers were in the red zone seven times yesterday. That's that, that's an astonishing number, really, to have seven red zone opportunities, and they only came away with touchdowns on three of those drives. They had to settle. For field goals on uh, two of two of those drives, and then of course you had the turnover on downs in the first quarter, and then the interception on the on the tipped pass. So a lot lot of points left on the board, which made this game a lot closer than it ended up, and may, maybe probably should have been. You know, first couple of red zones. Uh, only settling for field goals, and then uh, late in the game, of course, Graham Gano sets up for the uh, 50-plus yard field goal and missed it. Uh, his first f- first miss from 50-plus yards, and the only his second miss all season. Just a uh, j- just a frustrating a frustrating day with so many missed opportunities. And it's really unfortunate, too, because, you know, you look at the numbers Christian McCaffrey put up. uh, Really, it was a record day for McCaffrey because he became the first player in uh, Panthers history to have a 100-yard rushing day, 
to have 100 rushing yards and 100 receiving yards in the same game. He carried 17, 17 times for 125 yards, one touchdown. Also caught 11 passes. In fact, secured all 11 of his targets for 112 yards and a touchdown. So if my math hasn't failed me yet, that's 237 total yards and two touchdowns for Christian McCaffrey. And it all goes to waste because the Panthers couldn't punch it in when they needed to. Now, granted, you know, Christian McCaffrey basically made the, the opportunities or made most of the opportunities he did. But in general, the Panthers just couldn't capitalize on on all the on all the opportunities. Uh, and again, it's a shame because it was really nice to see them establish the run the way they did. Uh, Cam Newton got back into the running game. You know, he only had two attempts against the Lions. He had eight against the Seahawks for 63 yards. And then uh, throwing the ball. A solid day for Newton as well in the air. 25 of 30, 256 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, including 91 of those yards to DJ Moore as he just continues to be just so excellent. But they couldn't really stop Russell Wilson. 22 of 30, 339 yards, two touchdowns. And Chris Carson, uh, 16 carries, 55 yards, one touchdown. But it just felt like Chris Carson just did so much more. It just, it just felt like he was a, a big part of that offense, really. You know, it doesn't feel like he only rushed for 55 yards. But he, he, he played very well. Credit to him. And then they... Gave Mike Davis a couple carries. You really didn't see a lot of Rashad Penny, though, which is surprising. We talked how uh, impressive he had been the last couple weeks, but they decided to ride the hot hand in Chris Carson, and it worked. Uh, Seattle, just uh, everywhere on offense, you know, in fact, they ended up with two, two receivers with 100 yards and a touchdown, Tyler Lockett and uh, David Moore. Both went over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. So, I mean, it was a fun game to watch. There's no doubt. You know, both both teams obviously played well on offense. Uh, there and there really wasn't a whole lot of uh, whole lot of pressure. I mean, you know, the teams got there, but they really didn't get to get to the court. In fact, Carolina didn't get to Russell Wilson at all. Or I'm sorry, he did. I'm reading that wrong. Carolina got to Cam Newton twice, whereas Seattle did not get to Cam Newton at all. So, you know, credit the Panthers' offensive line there for not allowing any sacks. Uh, and then the teams... But, I mean, here, here's the difference. Um, Carolina had the only turnover of the game, and that and that was the interception. They, they did fumble the ball five times. But amazingly, they were able to recover all five of those fumbles. And Seattle had a fumble of their own, but they recovered it as well. So, you know, both teams did a great job protecting the quarterback. Both teams did a great job uh, protecting the football. And even penalty-wise, there really wasn't a lot of penalties. The teams only combined for seven penalties. So it was a pretty clean game on both sides of the ball. So really, it... It's just the missed opportunities that decided this one for Carolina. You know, if a couple of those, and you could argue 
when they went for it on fourth down on the fourth drive, if they had settled for a field goal, you know, would they be going to overtime? Uh, a, a lot of things you can discuss, but in, in the end, you know, a close game, a, a great, a very good performance by both teams. It's just unfortunate that Carolina ended up falling on the short end of the stick in this one, and now it puts them in a tough position. Uh, like, like we discussed in the first part of the show, where they stand right now in the playoff picture. And again, uh, you, you talk about a team like Seattle, a lot of credit to them. Uh, this was a team that a lot of people, including myself, more or less left for dead at the start of the season. And now here they are with a winning record through 12 weeks. They're sitting at six and five. And like I said, I, I would say right now, looking at their remaining schedule, they're the favorites to get, one of the wild card spots in the NFC. Uh, in, in fact, this win also prevented the Rams from clinching a playoff spot for yet another week. Because if the Panthers would have beaten the Seahawks, uh, the Rams would have actually clinched the NFC West. Uh, so the Rams will just have to try to do it by themselves next week. But I think they have a pretty winnable game. Yeah, the Rams are at Detroit next week. So the Rams should wrap up the NFC West next week against Seattle as home against San Francisco. And now Carolina looks ahead for the looks ahead to the second meeting of the season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As again, you know, we fig- we know it's a very division heavy home stretch for the final five within the division. Uh, of course, first first time around, Panthers uh, made things a little interesting against the Buccaneers. Remember, the Panthers jumped out to a 35-7 lead at one point before the before the Bucks rattled off three straight touchdowns to make it 35-28. But then the, the Panthers came back. Late in the fourth quarter, with a big answer, a touchdown to Curtis Samuel uh, to secure the victory, 42 to 28. So it was a bit of a fun game the first time these two teams met. Now we flip the table to Tampa Bay, and again, of course, things are a little different again now in Tampa Bay. Now that Jameis Winston is back as quarterback for for the Buccaneers. Remember last time, of course, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick, and if you look. You look at what the Bucks did yesterday against the 49ers. Winston, 29 of 38, 312 yards, two touchdowns. They got the running game going a little bit. That, that's always that's always been kind of their Achilles heel all season. Peyton Barber carried 18 times, but only for 47 yards. So that's not even three yards per carry, but he did rush for a touchdown. Uh, and they got Jaquiz Rogers and Jameis Winston involved in the running game as well. And then Mike Evans had 116 yards on six catches. And you know he's going to be ready to go because, remember, he was very, very quiet in that first game. So you know he's going to want to he's going to want to turn things around. He's out to get a little bit of revenge. Uh, he also had Adam Humphreys, had six catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. And Cameron Brate also had a touchdown. So they got something going a little bit yesterday now. Again, it, it was the 49ers who at this point have 
all but packed it in. You know, you look at Nick Mullins, 18 to 32, 221, one touchdown, two interceptions. So he's come back to earth a little bit after that big performance against the Raiders. But we've seen the Buccaneers can produce some offense, and the Panthers have now tended to give up some give up some drives over these last couple weeks. So I, I don't see us being a, a cakewalk going into Tampa Bay. You know, if again, if you were to talk to me a couple weeks ago, and I, I probably would have told you the week, the week uh, thirteen game at at Tampa Bay would have been pretty easy and pretty uh, pretty winnable. Now, not so much. But it is a very important game now for the Buccaneers, or excuse me, for the Panthers to win. The Buccaneers are almost playing spoiler at this point because, you know, they they are still four and seven. Their playoff hopes are just about out the door. But they would love nothing more than to play spoiler to a division rival. So really got to come ready to play. Sunday really got to get out of the gate fast. You know, got to cut down on these red zone opportunities that only turn into field goals. You got to start punching in into the end zone. I know that's easier said than done, but it's it's got to happen. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I, I guess that'll that'll wrap things up. Um, just another unfortunate unfortunate run. Um, you know, real quick, we'll actually run through the re- the rest of the scores in Week 11 or Week 12, rather. Uh, and again, Tampa was the only NFC South team that played on Sunday because the Falcons and Saints played on Thursday. So we discussed that on Friday. Eagles, like I said, came back from that 16-point deficit to beat the Giants 25-22 to keep their division hopes alive heading into a big Monday night game against the Redskins. Bills send the Jaguars to their seventh straight loss. Man, remember when the Jaguars were 3-1 and one and they had beaten the Patriots? Now they're 3-8 and eight and they just fired their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, who, by the way, spoiler, is not the problem in Jacksonville. But the Buffalo Buffalo Bills do win 24-21. Uh, we said about the Bucks 27-9 over the Niners. Ravens beat the Raiders 34-17. They're in control right now. The final playoff spot in the AFC. Browns, again, the team the Panthers will see in Week 14. They beat up on the Bengals 35-20. And there's another team, and one that I should know has been very disappointing as I cover the Bengals a little bit too. Once upon a time, the Bengals were 4-1. And sitting pretty in the AFC North and even just in the playoff picture, now they're on the outside looking in at 5-6. and six. Speaking of the Patriots, they went into the Meadowlands and beat the Jets 27-13.
closing in. Uh, in fact, if they win their next two games, they'll clinch the AFC East. Chargers all over the Cardinals. So the Cardinals did have a 10-0 lead early in the game, but then the Chargers rattle off 45 unanswered points to win this one, 45-10. Chargers now 8-3, sitting pretty in the wildcard standings. Denver with a big win over the Steelers, 24-17, keeping their playoff hopes alive. They're at 5-6 and six, and only a game back of the Ravens and the Colts, who got a late field goal themselves, or last second field goal rather, by Adam Benatari to beat the Dolphins, 27-24. That's five straight victories for the Colts, as they are very much alive in the playoff race at 6-5. and five. Vikings get the win on Sunday Night Football over the Packers, 24-17. Like we said, Vikings atop the wild card standings right now at 6-4-1. The Packers are in trouble now at 4-6-1. Things are just looking real bleak in Green Bay. And then the Monday Night game tonight is Tennessee at Houston, a big one in the AFC South. Texans going for their eighth straight win and a chance to... Hold firm on the number three spot in the AFC after the Steelers lost to the Broncos yesterday. And I do believe they get it. I think the Texans get the win. The Titans will drop to five and six. But it's still making a very interesting AFC playoff picture. Either way, you're going to have six teams within one game of each other. Between the Ravens, the Colts, the Titans, the Dolphins, the Bengals, and the Broncos. Even the Browns are in it at 4, 6, and 1. Who'd have thought that? And just just think what could be had the Panther or had the Browns not lost that game to the to the Raiders, a game that they really should have won because they kind of got screwed over. So that'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Uh, hope you guys recover from the loss. We'll start getting ready for Sunday at Tampa Bay. We'll, of course, get ready for the crossover edition. It'll be James and I again, just like it was in week nine. So uh, quick turnaround. We just talked a couple weeks ago, and we'll get right back at it on Wednesday as we get ready for a big NFC South battle. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Setti. That's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast listening pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. Always appreciate the support. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, and we'll see you next time right here on L-O-P. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.